0: If you've ever struggled the daily grind of making and keeping track of work orders, you have to check out EasyBeasy. EasyBeasy is easy to use, easy to learn, affordable work order and time clock app with unlimited users included with every subscription. Make and edit work orders anytime, anywhere you're working, at your desk, in your truck, on the job site, even on your couch. With EasyBeasy, you can easily copy work orders to use over and over, which is great for mowing and plowing. You can also keep track of employee timesheets, contact your customers, add notes, instructions, even pictures of your jobs. EasyBeezy works on Android and Apple devices or any tablet or computer. EasyBeezy also has a wide variety of reports so you can have all the info you need for billing right from your phone. Say goodbye to paying for extra users because everyone gets unlimited users on EasyBeezy. Try EasyBeezy for free for 30 days. Visit easybeasy.app forward slash mdl to sign up. Easy Beasy is a simple work order and time clock app for mo crews, hardscape crews, and everything in between. Start saving time and money with EasyBeasy. Visit easybeasy.app forward slash MDL to sign up today.
1: We want to take a quick second to tell you about our friends over at Cycle CPA. I can't even express to you how important it is to have a good accountant on your side. You know you want accurate bookkeeping and financial statements every month. Instead, you're often left with limited time to focus on the accounting side of your business and no reports to show for it. At Cycle CPA, the landscaping accountants, they not only handle the bookkeeping, but also provide landscape industry benchmarking, job costing, financials by service line, advisory meetings, and much more. Cycle CPA has a team of landscaping accountants available to provide anything from bookkeeping to CFO services. Visit CycleCPA.com and for $100 off, mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast.
0: Welcome back to Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. Today, I'm very excited to bring back on some returning guests. We have Carla and Joe Pilecastrò of Cycle CPA. First off, before I begin, I just want to thank them for the or sponsors of the of the podcast, and I greatly appreciate doing that. If you're not familiar with Cycle CPA, Cycle CPA is a remote accounting firm that specializes in the green industry. They utilize their experience and data within the green industry to help companies create those higher profits and financial stability that we're all looking for. So welcome to welcome Joe and Carla. I appreciate you guys being on here. Thank you. Thank you for having us on Scott. Yeah. Excited to be here today. Excited to have you guys on. And today we kind of want to dive into obviously the number side of things. It's something that we're both very passionate about and get excited about. And I guess before we start off, just share a little bit more about Cycle CPA and what you guys are all about.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So we work with companies in the green industry all throughout the country. So just over 250 companies that we work with, we have a team that's totally remote as well. So we all work from home and you know, that's really the, the reason that, that we specialize within an industry is because we feel we can provide a little bit more value and get more specific and into the weeds of some of the things that can really make a difference within some of these companies. And I'm sure we'll go through some of those items today, but that's a little overview.
0: That's one thing I love about you guys is that you are pretty much just solely in the green industry, which I think is great because there's, you know, and we've talked about this before in the past on other episodes of having just a, a generic, I should say, like CPA and a bookkeeper that doesn't really know that specific industry. So it's, it's nice to bring in some data that you guys collect along the way and, and share with your clients. Absolutely. And the other thing too is I, I know we have many people that are in our academy are in your program and user services, I should say, and they they love it. They love all the personalized help you guys provide and the knowledge that you
2: guys give them. So again, thank you very much. Happy to hear.
1: Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, and
2: you know the same thing here as well, Scott. I mean, you know, we, you know, I think companies, I think at a certain point, you know, it's great to be able to really master the work in the field, build a team, and you know, market for customers and stuff like that but there becomes a point where you have to really narrow down to numbers and I think a big part of that is also having an accurate estimating process which I know that's something that you help a lot of them with as well you know you help a lot of people within the industry which is huge we've had many clients that that have went through that program as well so thank you awesome awesome
0: so i guess let's start off the conversation today talking a little bit about why you need to have accurate information. Why it's like really the foundation of a landscaping landscaping business. Love to hear on your end, like what what do you feel landscapers need to do to understand that foundation? I guess why why is it so important?
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely having an accounting foundation is important for any business, you know. But for for landscapers, important too because I think that a lot of people just make business decisions based off of their checking account balance and you kind of stuck with that kind of looking at that every day and you're like well I have money today you know I can do this I can do that and you know maybe during the non-busy season you're a little bit more you know worried because you may not have as much money in the bank and so you know you kind of have to play that game if during the non-busy season but because the landscaping industry could be a very seasonal industry with cash flow. So you get a lot of money in in spring and summertime, right? But then in the winter, you know, you don't have that much influx coming in. So that's one of the reasons why it is important is to have a strong accounting foundation, because you need to know, know the numbers. And if no one is doing the accounting work at least on a monthly basis on QuickBooks or Zero, whatever your accounting setup is, then you're not going to be able to track how well the company's doing from a profitability standpoint. So, you know, you want to have a good profit and loss every month. That way you can make decisions based off of that instead of on your checking account. So if this month you saw that your overhead expenses on your profit and loss were really high. You can dig into some of those, analyze them, cut some costs. Then next month, you know, you can do stuff about it. It's actionable. But you need to have accurate financials to be able to make decisions. And then, you know, another thing is your balance sheet. So a lot of people ask me, you know, can I afford to buy a new truck or a new skid steer, stuff like that. And we look at the balance sheet for that because if I see that you have a lot of loan payments or you maybe you're over leveraged um, or... You're buying too many trucks at a time, or whatever it is. Maybe it's not the right time to buy. But if if I see that there's a lot of repairs and maintenance costs, you keep going and getting your truck fixed, and that's kind of costing more than a regular monthly payment and stuff like that. Then you know we can say, hey, listen, you know, you, it would be better if you did buy a new truck or whatever that is. And so there's just so many, and those are just two examples, two decisions that we make based off of the financials, but the point is that you need to be able to be agile, analyzing them and making, you know, these decisions on a month-to-month basis.
0: So one thing I know you guys see this as well is, you know, this this industry is just known for having a low profit margin, and to me, it's such a shame. It doesn't have to be that way. I would love to know your thoughts, but I feel like people, like you said, kind of just go off their gut or just what they have in their bank account at the time. And they don't really understand that they have those numbers behind them to price to work based on what it costs to run their business, that they can improve those profits. And they just struggle and they just go on and just think, to me, I just see them think that's just how this industry is. It's just a low
2: profit business. And it doesn't have to be the way. Is that what you guys see as well? Absolutely. Yeah. And within a landscaping company. It's different than if you own real estate, right? Or if you invest in the stock market. There's a risk to owning a landscape company, it's, and and there's even more effort that you'll have to put into it, right? So you want to make sure that you're making the profits that are going to basically be a reward of that hard work that that you're putting in. You know, I think when you look at companies that are not as profitable, and I think that's part of what what the issue is sometimes. You know, I think sometimes people are a little embarrassed, or maybe you know, they don't want to see the reality of really looking deep into the numbers. But what we tell clients, especially when they first start off, you know, really dialing into the numbers is that's really the first step, right? That's the first step in the right direction. It's just seeing where you're at, right? Seeing what your numbers are looking at, because then you know what that base point is. Maybe you're at 5% profit and your goal is to hit 20. Then you know, okay, listen, do we need to do a price increase as part of that effort to increase profitability? Is that with efficiencies, right? So but I whether you go with Cycle CPA or another accounting firm, I think it's just a matter of time as you scale your company, you're gonna want to get this stuff dialed in, you know, and really utilize it, you know, as Carl mentioned, a lot of those points of just you know, some of the benefits of having some of the clear numbers set out. So.
1: Yeah, and I see some of the business owners that we see that are the most profitable are the most confident mm-hmm. business owners. And they're confident in their services, but not only that, they're confident in their numbers and they understand the numbers and they're just driven by data. So they know that they want their profit margin to be 20, 30, whatever that number is. And they have it because they have accurate accounting. They're confident in their services and they're just killing it every day.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. That's something like a byproduct we saw with people going to our program they started becoming confident because they knew their bottom dollar. They knew how low they can go to get the profit they wanted on that job. And that's something that was kind of just unexpected that we saw our people going through. And it's, it's awesome to see that. Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what are some of the common mistakes you see when landscapers trying to understand their numbers or is it they just don't know it? What common mistakes do you see?
1: Yeah, I think some of the common mistakes is just maybe they have had bad experiences in the past with accountants or bookkeepers or you know office managers, whatever you want to call it. Some people can say that they're QuickBooks certified or whatever it is, but at the same time, they may not have the accounting credentials that they need. And so what we see often is people may have hired a person with the wrong credentials, didn't do the right stuff within the books, and they got a little bit discouraged, like, oh, this is not working, like, it doesn't work for me, the books were a mess, and stuff like that, but it was just because of the wrong hire that you can make, you know, and of course, you know, like, we hire accountants, right, we know what questions to ask, how to vet them, what qualifications they need, but a landscaper may not know how to hire a bookkeeper, what questions to ask, you know, they may just, See that okay, the QuickBooks certified, they went to school for two years or whatever it is. Okay, you're hired, but then they may you know made mistakes in the books. That's kind of the biggest thing we've seen. And you know, we're I like to call us like forensic accountants sometimes too, because when we get bugs, like Joe said, like they may be a mess, you know, when we get them, but it's something that's common that we have a whole cleanup process that we've mastered on our end. And get them up to date. And then they're like, wow, I've never actually seen my books this way. Like I can tell and I can read them clearly. And so then, you know, they feel confident about that too.
0: Yeah, that's a huge thing. I was actually going through a person's PL sheet the other day and it was just like laid out terrible. I'm like, I don't think this should be here. This should be up here, you know, like. Things are not laid out at all. I'm like you can't make any business decisions based on what you have in this P and L right now. Like we have to work with this. So it's yeah, it's it's always interesting to see some of those things. And I get it. Like you're trying to do it yourself. Or you're trying to save money. But this is one thing that is well worth spending the money on to have it professionally laid out and set up for the first time. And then they can teach you how to put it all in the QuickBooks properly. But getting those categories set straight from the beginning is vital. And yeah. like I said, just to make those decisions that you need to make.
2: Yeah. Setting up that chart of accounts is is definitely key, and you know I think what came to mind when when you had just mentioned that experience, Scott, was you know I think another thing is looking at really one the the largest expense right in most service companies is labor right, mm-hmm. and in order for a company to see the inaccurate gross margin, you're going to want to see field labor broken out within your cost of goods or direct costs right, mm-hmm. and then your your overhead labor so basically all sales, administrative, you know, management people blow the gross margin line within your overhead expenses, right? So that that's just one example of something where, especially when people, you know, speak with your friends or whatever, you say, oh, you know, I, I try to do this gross margin or this, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, your chart of accounts is set up in a way that makes sense and that you can actually analyze some of the numbers and your KPIs actually mean something.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, like, when I was looking at that P&L, I'm pretty sure they had like materials down in like their overhead section. I'm like, you know, outdoor lighting, you don't have $20,000 in outdoor lighting unless you're doing a huge project your shop or something I'm like this isn't right. <laughs> like we need to go through and reclassify things to make better yeah. decisions. But so you mentioned KPIs and I would love to know like, what are some main KPIs that you think landscapers really need to start
2: off by looking at and, and kind of address? so you have non-financial KPIs and you have financial KPIs. So non-financial KPIs would be like your your close ratio, maybe how many leads the company is contacting or but then on the financial side, you know, I would say maybe even starting, you know, looking at your profit and loss, right? Looking at, you know, revenue, you have gross margin. And really one of the main reasons of being able to to look at KPIs is you want to be able to see specifically into a specific part of your business, because you may look at just one KPI, like your net profit, right? Or your cash flow at the end of the day, or your bank balance, as Carla mentioned, but you want to be able to really make a change and make a positive impact into the company and see what are those specific items or key performance indicators that you need to work on, right? Because your gross margin, right? Which basically means you're operating well in the field, that side- maybe well maybe operating efficiently but on the other side of it you may look at your total overhead costs right which is another KPI to to look at and you may see that that's high right and that's just a way that you can approach making changes to your company right and it helps to give you confidence when you're you know trying to see what where you can improve but just going back to KPIs i mean i would say gross margin right everything left over after all your direct costs everything that directly tied to the work you're performing in the field, looking at total overhead costs, net profit margin, right? So after all all the operating expenses, I would say within your profit and loss, those are really the core items to kind of look at.
1: Yeah, and on the balance sheet side, you can look at return on fixed assets. I really like that one because within this industry, you have to invest a lot in in fixed assets. So you have your trucks, machinery and equipment, mowers, trailers, all of that stuff. And I always like to say like, you know, for all the employees you have, you want to make sure that they're profitable. So each employee is profitable. You look at your trucks that way, your skid steers, your mowers, they have to be profitable too, because it's a huge part of this industry. You're spending so much money on it, and you're creating so much jobs with those. So they have to be profitable as well. And the way to determine that is by calculating a return on fixed assets. That's just your fixed assets divided by net profit. And you're able to see, okay, what is my return on these trucks that I have or mowers, trailers? You know, am I doing well with those? And that's one of the things that we see too is like, okay, if you want to purchase another piece of equipment, let's calculate return on fixed assets to make sure that you're actually profitable with the equipment that you have first. You know, so that's another big one on the balance sheet side too.
0: Just two real quick, how often do you recommend people look at, I mean, I know it depends on the, on those KPIs, but how often should they generally be looking at these things once a month, every couple months, quarter, what What do you recommend?
2: Yeah. So I would say it depends on typically the size of the company because the larger the company is, the more risk there's associated with that and, and the more in tune and the more moving parts there are. So you want to be on top of it more, Right. I would say for at least how we typically approach it, right, is companies from, you know, maybe just starting out up until maybe high six figures in top line revenue, I would say a quarterly meeting is is typically okay. I would say companies over that, I would definitely recommend more of a more of a monthly meeting. Those are pretty good touch points, so.
0: I've been recommending people when they decide that they're going to, you know, set time aside, like to physically put it in their calendar and write it down. Like I'm going to spend this day or hour, or whatever it is, a couple hours and spend the time looking at those numbers. Even if you don't necessarily understand what they mean, just start printing them off and start just familiarizing with the sheets and the balance sheet, the, you know, and just start looking at them. And then you can start making trends and making decisions off of that. I think people are scared of it. Like I think Joe mentioned earlier that they're scared of seeing what actually might be going on in their business, but Until you spend the time looking at it and analyzing, you're just guessing at that point, right?
1: Absolutely, it's true. It's true. And most of the time, people are like, "Okay, I'm happy that I got this figured out because I knew there was something wrong. Like they have like an instinct in their gut that told them, like, you know, there's something off. I'm doing something, you know, not tracking something, whatever it was. And when we're able to get their accounting right, we're able to say, okay, you need to focus on materials. We need to pay off these loans and then we're going to be good with cash flow. And then they're like, okay, because as a business owner, you just have so many things, you wear so many hats, you have you do advertising and marketing, you know, you're the office administrator, you know, all of these things that are coming your way that you're like, okay, like, what are major items that you know, the new year is coming up, like, what can I work on that's truly going to move the needle in my business. So that's something that what we go over every month or every quarter with business owners. We're like, okay, these are the top three things that if you really focus on these items, you're going to transform your business in like you know profitable way, you know, and stuff like that. So I think that it becomes really important because I see business owners trying to take on a lot of things at once, but it's not going to make a big difference at the end of the day because again, they're not really looking at the financials but they think these are the things that they need to worry about, but because of like maybe items that come up throughout the day or whatever it is.
0: The other thing too, uh, and and I think we touched on a little bit, but once you start understanding these numbers, you're able to make these better business decisions. Like you said, like purchasing a piece of equipment or or adding another crew or or another salesperson or whatever. Is that something that you find as well?
2: Oh, no. absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I would say as an example and even going back to the KPIs, you know, looking as a as a percent of total revenue, that's a way you can analyze some of your key performance metrics. Like the total amount that you're spending to field labor. All right. So maybe for a maintenance based company, it's thirty three percent of total revenue. You know, and using that as a benchmark, right? And you know, especially as you're looking to expand it into the next year, if you were able to hit that mark or or even surpass it, you know, and be more efficient based on that, it gives you the confidence to continue expanding. Or maybe you're looking to hire an administrative employee. Typically what we see for, you know, a company within the green industry, anywhere between eight to 10%, you know, of top line sales, you know, could be spent towards basically think of it almost as whoever's not actually touching the work in the field. So management, sales, administrative, You know, kind of keeping that in mind. So maybe a company's looking to scale from half a million to a million. They'll know that you know by the time they hit a million in sales, they'll have a bucket of roughly a hundred thousand that they can allocate towards some of those salaries. You also have, uh, and Carla touched on it as well. Maybe looking to purchase assets, right? And and there's a couple different things you can look at there, right? So how much cash do you have on hand, right? That's going to have a big impact on it. Looking at how is is the company over leveraged right now are you already in too much debt if that's okay maybe you can also look at okay based on the amount of assets that you have what is the net income being generated based off of that right what is what is the total revenue that's being produced by the current assets so these are all things that you can really utilize to kind of you know help make some of these decisions
1: and it gives you the confidence too because like we'll walk you through because Sometimes people need to hire that administrative employee or salesperson to grow the business. So we're like, okay, this is how much we can afford right now, but this is their sales goal. You know, they have to make this much in order for them to recover their salary and make enough for the business. And they feel confident about that to make that higher. But we keep following that number like, okay, so you made this higher ahead of time, not a problem, right? Right. But now we got to hit those sales goals. It's so, you know, helping companies out in that way too, because growth is a big thing. A lot of people want to grow the business, but they may not feel confident and may not have like a plan, you know, mm-hmm. moving forward with that.
0: Yeah. I was actually having a meeting with somebody the other day and they wanted to get to the million dollar mark. And I was like, okay, cool. I, you know, I get it. And that's like, to me, it's like a peak people, many people want to get to. Yeah. But I'm like, what if you can do, less work. Cause I think they were like $600,000 company at the time. I'm like, well, what if you could just do increase your, your profit margin? Cause it was pretty low at the time. I'm like, what if you just increase your profits and just only have to do a little bit more work, but have more net profit, like having those numbers and kind of having them laid out. Like when I showed it to him and laid it out mathematically, he saw that and he's like, oh, I guess that does make sense. I could just do a little bit more and have more money in my pocket and do less work. Like that's the whole point of understanding these numbers in my opinion.
2: It's so true. Yeah. And Scott, I think every company hits that realization. It's just a matter of when, sure. right? It's like, when does it become time when you, you realize that it's not about doing more and more and more work? It's about how can I actually optimize profits? And we talk sometimes with companies that you know are maybe a couple hundred thousand revenue, maybe a million dollars already in revenue, and, th- and they're kind of hitting that realization, even companies much, much larger. And I think part of being able to to listen to podcasts like this, I think it allows people to learn from other people's mistakes, right? Like, don't hit a breaking point like that. Like, don't run a $600,000 landscaping company making 5% profit. You know, you deserve more, right? And structure your company and be more attentive when, you know, a little bit earlier on in the game. And if you are that company that is not as profitable... You have a lot of opportunities still right and and that's exciting, right? You have a lot of things you can build on, but you know I would say in either scenario, I think uh you know you're hundred percent right, scott i you know I totally agree with that so
0: and I, I get it like I did the same thing when I was younger, you know we want to get to a million, then we got to, you know okay, I want to get to two million that's cool, but man, we're out there busting our tail trying to get all this work and you know controlling employees and all that stuff and like let's hold on, let's step back here and let's start looking at things. That's when we started really taking a deep dive in our numbers. And it's like, it was like an eye opener for us. Like, wow, we just, we need to adjust our price at the time. Then we need to get more systems in place. But it wasn't until that point when we started looking at the numbers, could we make those decisions? That's what, I guess that's my point of things. And and that's what I think is the benefit of having someone like you and, and you guys with the, in the green industry, because you know that stuff and you can point out. You know, you don't need a machine or you need to hire somebody or you don't need to hire somebody. I think that's the benefit of doing that. Yeah. And If somebody right now, if they're struggling, you know, financially, they're not making their profit. What is something that you would suggest from a CPA bookkeeping standpoint? What would you recommend they start doing?
2: So I think the baseline is making sure that their numbers are like their accounting is done accurately so that they can ultimately see the financials on a monthly basis. That's really what it's going to start with. And then I think being able to, which we kind of covered a little bit already, but being able to look at from a bird's eye view, okay, this is where we're at, but you need to be able to look more specifically into areas. And that's our approach a lot of the times, right? Because typically not everything needs to be worked on within a company, right? And, and you need to be able to identify what needs to be changed and you need to figure out solutions for that, right? And usually there's multiple solutions. You know, maybe if your labor as a percent of revenue is forty percent, but your goal is thirty-two percent of revenue, what are ways you can get there, right? Are you not utilizing software? Are you do you need to start vehicle tracking or you know, is your route density not not where you need to be? And you can approach it in a lot of different ways and you can figure out how you're going to kind of improve some of those metrics. But, you know, I think it all does start with, you know, and not to be too repetitive, but you know, you really need to make sure that you have accurate data available where you can kind of base that off of. So,
0: Now, I know we mentioned a couple different uh the income statement, profit and loss statement and balance sheet and cash flow statement. Do you mind just, for those who aren't familiar with any of those terms or what they are, do you mind just explain those a little bit?
1: Yeah, definitely. So the profit and loss statement is the one that's most like commonly looked at by business owners, I would say. That's going to start off with your revenue. So money that you're receiving from clients, right, that you're getting from services that you provided. And then after that, you're going to have your cost of goods sold expenses, which are the costs that are directly tied to making that revenue. So think about like materials. You can tie that back to a job, field labor salaries and wages, equipment, rental, fuel, stuff like that. Then um, after that, you know, you get your gross profit and then you have your overhead expenses. So things that are not directly tied to you, you making that revenue. So you can't trace back advertising and marketing to a specific job, right? So those are your overhead expenses like telephone, you know, overhead salaries, accounting fees, stuff like that and then you get your net profit. So you're able to kind of, you know, you're able to follow your finances in that way from revenue all the way down to net profit, which is the amount of money you're making after all expenses are taken out or subtracted from your revenue.
0: Real quick on that. I'm sorry. This is a question that's brought up in a landscape business owners Facebook group, but people were talking about their net profit was X amount, but then they still had their owner's salary they haven't taken yet. Like, To me, net income should be after your salary is taken out. Is that something you agree with?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I agree with that because you have to have your salary in there because you have to account for the things that you're doing in the business. If for whatever reason in the future, you need to be replaced, right? You're going to have to hire someone out there for a market wage and you have to provide a market wage to them. So. The faster that you could get yourself on payroll and pay yourself a reasonable wage, the better you're going to be because you're going to be able to actually see a true picture of your financials.
2: Yeah, and if your uh, entity allows for it as well. So, a sole proprietor, you know, you're not going to be paying yourself a salary, right? Like a W two salary.
1: So, I'll bring up taxes now. We don't want. To. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other thing. But yeah, I mean, you you have to be structured in that way to be able to pay yourself.
0: And then what about the, uh, the balance sheet and cash flow statement?
1: So the balance sheet is my favorite. Well, the reason why it's my favorite is because it actually shows the financial position of your company. It's very useful. So it starts off with your assets. So things that the company owns, right? Like your trucks, machinery, and equipment accounts receivable, your checking account balance, stuff like that. Then you have your liability section, which is what your company owes to others. So let's say that you have a site one credit account, right? And you have to pay them each month. Those those balances would be in your liabilities. Or if you have a Ford loan, those are things that you owe. That would be in the liability section. And then you have your equity section. That's what you own as a business owner. That's what you own. So that's what business owners are most interested. They're like, what's my equity? What do I own? You know, because if you were ever to sell your company, they're going to look at your equity and see, okay, you know, what is your return on investment in this business? You know, what has been your retained earnings, stuff like that. And on the accounting side, all of these items need to balance out. But the reason why I, I love this, financial statement so much is because I can know if you're over leveraged, right? Do you pay too much in in, uh, debt? You know, how much money do you have in the bank account today? How much assets, you know, in what you own in the business, because as a business owner, you want to make sure you're making a return on the business, you know, because like Joe said, having a business is risky. So you want your return to be high, right? More risk more return, that's one of the things we can measure with equity.
0: One thing I see people when I first start talking to them about these, just those two sheets there, you know, they're like, well, where's my truck payment or where's my skidster payment? It's not on the P&L. Why is it not there? You mind explaining that a little bit?
1: Oh, yeah. So your truck payment is on your balance sheet under liabilities, what you owe to others. And the reason why it's on there is because your truck, your asset that you purchased, is on the balance sheet too, but it's in the asset section. So let's say that you purchase your truck for $50,000. you are going to see 50000 in the asset section. And then your expense, right? It's not on the profit and loss because the truck payment is not an expense. The depreciation on that truck is the expense. So the depreciation that gets booked every month on that truck that gets booked to the P and L, not the truck payment.
0: Yeah, that's something I like. I said I see people ask all the time. Well, why isn't it on here? Well, it's it's a different. It, <laughs> that's why you have to understand both sheets. It's why.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good question.
0: And then last is the the cash flow statement. Want to explain that a little bit?
1: Yeah, the cash flow statement pretty simple. What it does, it it starts off with your net profit, and it kind of takes all the accounting mumbo jumbo, and it just shows you okay money that came in to your account into your bank account that month so all the sales maybe you contributed money that month because you're running low or whatever it was so all the money that came in and then all the money that came out of your account so all the truck payments all the expense items right stuff like that and then it gives you the, your ending balance in your business bank account and it tells you your net cash flow That is whether your bank account increased in that month. So maybe you started out with $20,000 at the beginning of December and you ended up with $30,000 at the end of December. Your net cash flow was $10,000, positive, right? But if you ended with less money in the bank account, so let's say you ended up with $15,000, the net cash flow would be negative $5,000, right? So that's why I like that statement too because it just is very simple. But again, you may need some like guidance when you're first looking at it and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. And I think it's to me the cash flow is very important just because we're a seasonal business for the most part. So most people, you know, it's up and down, obviously. So wintertime it might be a little bit lower. So it's important to kind of have am I gonna have enough money to cover my bills in the in the wintertime or springtime when your money's going out? Like, is that something you agree with?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I think you could use that for planning in the future. Like we we do a cash flow forecast that's when we forecast out the cash flow statement. Like we're like, okay, what is your cash going to look like for the next 12 months, year? And with the seasonal business, okay, the first goal is how can we get enough money saved up for the winter time, right? And it's done when people are not thinking about it. Like in spring and summer, that's when we're thinking about those things because the business owners are not because they're busy, first of all, and they see that they have cash. So that's the number one goal. You could use your cash flow statement to plan to, you know, let's say you're saving up money to buy a new asset or you're going to save money to pay taxes. I mean, you know, all of that stuff could be done with the cash flow statement and a projection of that, too.
0: Now, would you agree, like, those are the three main statements that we should be looking at on those regular basis to make those decisions? that correct?
1: Yes. So those are the three main forms. But then what those forms don't have is the metrics and ratios. Right. So like fixed as like return on fixed assets, like you're not going to see that on your balance sheet, you know, because all it's going to print out is just the numbers. Right. But that's what I encourage people to do is, yeah, I mean, the first step is looking at the financials, but the second step is creating the KPIs based upon those financials.
0: And this is where I think this is a great thing that you guys do. You guys just came up with a new system for helping analyze all this stuff. You guys mind talking about that a little bit too?
2: Absolutely. So, you know, really, we understand that it's it's not necessarily the most exciting thing or even the most helpful thing just to look at, you know, maybe just a spreadsheet or, you know, a financial statement, right? Sometimes it could be hard to. Make decisions based off of just kind of looking at that, right? So it's kind of thinking about okay, we're going to need to make these important managerial decisions in the company. How can we, as accountants, help our clients with that, right? And because we work in the green industry, we're able to really kind of see a lot of the common questions, a lot of the same things come up. And that's why we've kind of developed a new reporting. It's called Cyclescape Reporting, which is really just part of our services. So whether our clients be with us quarterly or monthly, this is what we typically go over, right? And so you have things like benchmarking numbers to industry average, right? So basically, you're taking all of the information compiled from our clients and being able to compare your specific company and your numbers to that data so you can see, okay, how do my numbers compare, right? Comparing it to previous periods, you know, looking at things like your net cash flow, as Carla was kind of mentioning, right? There's a lot of things that impact the cash coming in and out of the company that. May not be just within your profit and loss statement, like those loan payments or asset purchases. You know, looking at things like making those smart asset moves when it comes to the the trucks and equipment. Looking at at leverage, right? So, is a company over leveraged, or you know, do they have too much debt? So it it has trends and other different KPIs kind of listed out there. You know, just to kind of make it easier for everyone to you know be able to make those important decisions.
1: Yeah, Another reason why we came up with the reporting too is because we wanted to make it visually appealing to business owners because a lot of the time when they're looking at their financials, they're just looking at numbers and it's hard to read, it's hard to track. And this reporting, Cyclescape, it has a lot of the visual presentation of your numbers so you can more easily follow them. Like when we were looking at it another day with the client, they're like, well, something is happening every January to our cash flow. Like what's going on? Like what's that big dip each January is like, okay, then we like focused in on it and and came up with some solutions so that it doesn't keep happening and stuff like that. But those are the kind of visual things that you're able to just see as a business owner and then question and, you know, fix.
0: That's one thing I was going to mention. I I like the fact I saw some screenshots from customers of ours that use it and just seeing the graphs and charts. I'm like, well, like you said, it makes it easier than just looking at the numbers, especially if you're not familiar with all the numbers and what they mean and, you know, all the ratios or whatever you're looking at. Most of us don't understand that. So it's nice to be able to see, oh, okay, that makes sense now.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we have like a scoring system, like one to five. So one means you're doing like four in that area and five means you're knocking it out of the park. So that's another easy thing to see. Okay. Like I need to just look at where my ones and twos kind of, and in, in the financials, and stuff like
0: that. Like to me, this goes way beyond what most CPA firms are doing out there, especially for us. And I, I see that it's like a generalized CPA firm, but you're not getting this tailored knowledge of right there and, and that one through five or the graphs and charts. It is a huge, huge game changer that you guys have created. So I thank you guys for spending the time to do that.
2: Absolutely. No, no, thank you, Scott. And, you, you know, I think it's one of the things back, you know, a couple of decades ago it's it was more, okay, you know, there's a there's a local CPA firm, right? And, you know, that's who you basically use, right? Mm-hmm. And with technology and cloud based applications like QuickBooks Online and some of the other ones that allow us to do some of the more in depth reporting, it allows companies to be a little bit more more creative and, you know, ultimately, just as you look at a lot of these new CRMs or project management softwares, right? And they serve a great purpose. You know, I think this is just another thing that companies can you know, add on to definitely help their company.
0: So you guys mind sharing a little bit of uh, information how they can get hold of you if anybody's interested in getting these reports or getting their books straightened out or even getting the Cyclescaping report?
2: Absolutely. So they can go to CycleCPA.com. Uh, you can schedule a Zoom meeting with me actually right on the website. So you know, you can do it that way. You can also email me directly at um, P at CycleCPA.com. So either is perfectly fine.
0: Now, one quick thing before we go, you guys offer like a CFO service too. So if somebody wants you to, to kind of help manage the whole business, you guys offer that too?
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. We're able to take on most of the backend accounting activities and then give people that higher end analysis, budgeting, forecasting that they're looking for on the CFO side as well.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Because I see some people, they need to focus on other aspects of the business. So like to me, it's like well worth the money to spend to have somebody like yourself that has the knowledge, has the experience and know how, let them deal with that kind of stuff. You can go focus on the sales or whatever else side of your business you need to.
1: Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. And then if they need taxes too, we also do that as well.
0: Awesome. I guess too, one other question is people have been comfortable with going to a local CPA shop that's in their town or whatever. Is there any concern with you know being remote like that? Is there any security concerns or anything like that? Or how is that kind of addressed?
2: yeah so quickbooks online is is a very secure platform, and I think even the uh you know when it comes to some of the transfer of of information, it's almost typically the same as if you were to be working with a firm right down the street anyway mm-hmm. you know so if anything, I think it's even more convenient you know meeting virtually than having to go into someone's office yeah yeah I think a lot of the times we're even in the meeting with you know one of our clients there in their truck right so like in between jobs so
1: yeah, and they upload all their sensitive data, like things that have socials. They upload that to our portal, and portal is secure. It's just made for these types of things for accountants to collect sensitive information, and it's regulated based on IRS regulations and stuff like that. So might be even more secure than going to your local, because you, you're a local CPA, you break physical documents. They have it. you don't know what they're going to do with it here. You just upload it on a secure portal you know, that no one else is going to like steal that information.
0: That's a very good point. I remember going into our local accountants years ago and there's like literally stacks of like (laughs) of papers here and they're like, how do you (laughs) keep track of all this? Like (laughs) something happens in so many trips, it's papers everywhere. (laughs)
1: It's a violation, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's very true. I never thought about it that way. The reason I brought that up is because I was talking to somebody about your services and yeah. that was a concern they brought up. I'm like, are you using QuickBooks online? They're like, yeah. I'm like, well, your stuff's already online. So how's it different if you transfer? And they're like, oh, I never thought about that. way." So I'm like, yeah, but I'm just kind of curious what you have come across or what you thought about that. So, Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for being on the show today. Hope the listeners out there learned a little bit more of like why it's important to understand your numbers. And then Carla did a great job explaining those different statements that you need to really look at. And if anybody listens to our program or has been on our program, numbers are the key to your business. And I would think you guys would agree with that as well. And you have to understand these things. So again, thank you guys for being on the show and expressing all your, your valuable information today. Thank you, Scott.
1: Uh, thank you for all you yeah. do as well.
0: Have a great one. We'll talk to you soon, guys. Bye-bye. That's a wrap on another exciting episode here of the Millionaire Landscape Podcast. Now, thank you for joining us on this journey and thank you for being a member of our community. Remember our motto, Do it dirty means just get started and not be afraid of making mistakes. we honestly believe this is one of the keys to success in this industry and in life. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment, head over to Apple and leave us a review. Your support helps us reach more listeners and bring even more value to the show. Until next time, keep doing it dirty and grow your business to new heights.